I think we made a whole show without friggin... uh... I think we nailed that one, kid. And like literally right on the one hour mark. Yeah, that was good. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, December 7th, 2021. Here's hoping that we've got some technical glitches out of the way. I've been walking through uh, StreamYard stuff, and they've been walking me through like a new cable, new adapter, new uh, incognito web page. Anyway, here's here's to nothing. Here's cheers. Yours, cheers. Steelers. Cheers to nothing. Jersey and my nobility performance mug. We got to get out there. They got the new cold tub in the house, so I'm going to have to go nice. out there and give that a shot because old Brocky can use it. Uh, I didn't even... Be dog in the house. Oh. <laughs> What's going down, team? Uh, How are we doing this week? I just realized I'm trying new lighting to see what it looks like, but I shadow all over the whiteboard, which is no good. <laughs> to be fixed. As long as you can hear me, that's the, the main point. Hey, you sound fantastic, and... Uh, Fingers crossed, it gets through it. You sound good. No, no crackling, no nothing. Crack a lacking. Crack a lacking. We got looks and sounds good. Number. Um, you know, again, we don't have producer Mike. Producer Mike, hope you feel better. He, he's a bit out under the weather today, so he's uh, he's not on the uh, the show, running things in the back. So I'll take over. Um, my guess is that uh, Mr. Ferreira, who's usually commenting on there. If I'm uh, wrong, I apologize. It is what it is. I. Um, I want to give a shout out, quick shout out to uh, Pam Goulet and uh, Amal and Jean Barrett. They run the uh, Eye Institute little glasses uh, optometrist at the hospital, and their lease wasn't renewed. They've been there since I've been there. I've known oh. them for 17 years, and uh, yeah, and it was. I don't think it was uh, expected. So, but they're just the loveliest people. I get my glasses from there and all my contacts over the years, and they give me a pretty sweet deal. So, if you work for the Ottawa Hospital and you're listening. And you want 50% off frames. They're kind of doing the old clearance and stuff. It's kind of sad. But just really good people. And uh, Pam's son is actually really a high-level personal trainer. So really cool. Um, yeah, so melancholy trails to them. And uh, I hope that they land on their feet. And uh, they've been really, really nice to me over the years. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I don't know if that's yeah. uh, COVID-related or stuff no. with that kind of business. It's just no. not just as many, not as much walk-up stuff. Everybody's kind of gone to this digital world and shopping online and stuff and that's glasses included so oh. anyway hopefully they uh, land on their feet and they can uh you yeah. know turn the next chapter of their their lives um yep. i want to shout out to my sister-in-law caroline pignat whose birthday it is today now mike would have been on and probably had uh, <laughs> brought it up as well anyway happy birthday uh, caroline all right. Um, and I also wanted to give you a quick shout out with your uh, initiative for the uh, oh, nice. the uh, the charitable um, cause that you're raising money for at uh, during Here's these no. these times. Usually, you do something which is great. And uh, uh, can mm. people still donate? 
if they want to, they can donate. Yeah, because I, I closed the campaign. Well, actually, the campaign's still open on, on GoFundMe, but I, I withdrew the money or deposited it now, or it's, it's on its way. So if they want to now, they can email me at pepsplace at hotmail.com and e-transfer. And uh, it's it's to raise money for a family or families living with cancer over the holidays. And it's not just a diagnosis, right? It's like, the you know, you can't work or you need uh, transportation to and from treatments. Uh, you can't pay right. your bills. A million things. And so we found a family. And I'll, I'll give you a, a, the sort of the Coles Notes version. 24-year-old young young guy uh, found his dream job in, in marketing and uh, found out he had thymic carcinoma i don't know exactly what that is but it's a type of cancer and he went through all the treatments and after his last treatment the doctor said it'll never go into full remission so he'll need to continue treatments basically the rest of his life mm-hmm. um, marketing job was great they've been really awesome but they can't pay him anymore right you know he doesn't have that benefit and his mom cleans houses for a living she has a house cleaning business but she's the one who's taking care of him it's just like you know it's really awful to see and hear so the money's going to them um, and I'm more than glad to donate uh, the money to them. I mean, I just, and it's a friend of a friend who um, who you may know of, of the, the young lad who was in CFI. His mother mm-hmm. um, tipped, tipped me off on this family. So anyway, all that to say, exciting stuff but from that regard. And uh, yeah, the money's going to a good cause. Yeah, well. So like- thank you to all the generous donations. I mean, uh, we had donations anywhere between 25 and $100. Big Rob being one who uh, donated uh, your dad. Uh, just very, very... <laughs> Yeah. So thanks a lot, everybody. I appreciate it. Well, again, it's for a good cause. I did support yep. just FYI. It's not just my dad. But anyway, we got some. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Big Rob and everything. We, we are lucky to be around a lot of people who are charitable. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's a matter of bringing forth a cause. And I got to mm. say, um, you know, as charitable as people are, the fact that you're bringing it to the forefront and you're sort of bringing it right to people uh, is what really sparks a lot of that stuff too. So, um, you know, shout out to you. Thanks, pal. Um, I'm going to uh, real quick second, um, you know, send my love to my Colgate football alumni group. Um, one of our, one of my teammates from back when I was there for years, um, Devorn Harris. Uh, passed away this last week. Um, I've recently been in touch with uh, some of of my buddies that I just hadn't talked to in years. It just is what it is. Life kind of takes you different ways. Mm. Um, You know, so uh, you sort of, I don't know. I've had a a couple conversations with guys that I hadn't talked to in a while. It was really nice to catch up. It was that, you know, it was was the sad reason for it. Mm. Um, But also sort of brings things into perspective and, and you know, it's one of those, you lose contact with guys for a long time, but these are guys that, you know, blood, sweat, and tears gone through and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's almost like you pick up exactly where you left off. There just isn't, um, there isn't any awkwardness, any, anything with like your family. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's the beauty of sports and being on mm-hmm. a sports team, um, is really those relationships and bonds that you form with people that are, you know, in a lot of cases, my case, they're around the world right now. There's just mm-hmm. people I've played with that live everywhere, and um, you know you don't always get a chance to uh, to tell people how much they meant to you back then. And um, Devorn's one of those guys that I I missed reconnecting with and and tried mm-hmm. to. He wasn't a big social media guy, um, but uh, some really fond memories. His brother actually played in the NFL for a while. He was the left tackle for the San Francisco 49ers, Kwame Harris. 
Oh um, yeah, he Kwame he, he wore that that uh, helmet piece that um, Tim Kel, uh, Kelso wore. The he same might one that, have. Uh, I know yeah. after he he retired, he ended up coming out as well, which was a, a oh, big okay. deal at the time. Uh, but sure. also, you know, just goes to show a lot of the uh, you know the demons that some guys are going through that you just have no idea, mm -hmm. right? Like these are yeah. things are anyway, long story short, uh, for this episode in my, you know, uh, we lost a, a significant piece of our, mm -hmm. our Colgate family. And, um, you know, I just want to tell everybody else, if anybody's listening from that and, and past teammates and stuff like that, like how much that, that they mean to me. Um, yeah. and, uh, if we, even if we don't talk that much, uh, that doesn't mean, uh, it's changed at all. So, um, yeah, uh, moving on, moving on. Let's, uh, let's, uh, change tune here. What do, what do we, can you see that? Yeah, it's bad lighting. This is the gray cup. Ah, the CFL <laughs> playoffs. Yeah. I gotta I'm say, we, we chirped the CFL quite a bit. <clears throat> I did at least this year. Mm -hmm. For quality of ball and for, you know, the stuff you'd see on the field. And I just wasn't into it. Yeah. When the playoffs come around, like a lot of things, I was watching. Yeah. And sure. there is, as much as I say that there is a distinct sound for a Blue Jay baseball game versus the other stadiums, to me and probably to a lot of Canadians, the CFL playoff atmosphere has a distinct sound as well. Like you could not, yeah. if you would play, if you could play me sound bites from fans at those games between that and the Super Bowl or that and an NFL playoff game and stuff, I could tell you the difference. It's Cowbell City, baby. It's Cowbell City. It's, yeah. uh, that's actually probably one of the biggest uh, tells, but there's yeah. just, there's something there that overall, and, and it does kind mm -hmm. of jack you up. Hey, listen, the Banjo Bowl was created by, I think it was like, uh, something that a Rough Rider guy said like 17 or eight, or no, longer than that, 20 years ago. And that's how the Troy Westwood, sorry, Troy, there was a kicker for the Blue Bombers. He had said, I can't remember the exact story behind it, but he had said something in the media and that created the Banjo Bowl, which is basically whenever, once a year, when the Winnipeg and Saskatchewan play. So high intensity, um, good game, a lot of turnovers, you know, par for the course from what we've seen in the CFL this year, but definitely ramped up intensity. Uh, the Hamilton Toronto game. I mean, Bethel Thompson was was just horrible, um, yep. and then he was pouting at the end when when Hamilton actually came back and took the lead. You know, there was a the camera veered to him in the sideline. Someone tried to pat him on the back, and he brushed them off and just said, "Leave me alone." Like you're the leader of the team. I knew right then and there there was no chance they're coming back. I'm not a fan of McLeod Bethel Thompson myself. I thought the Hamilton was the better team, and. Uh, Gonna be a good, great. It's gonna be a hard hitting great cup. Those are two teams that like to hit. That'll be good. Adam Big Hill. You know who else like likes to hit? Uh, a couple of the Toronto Argonauts and, and the Hamilton fan. They still, they like to hit. I heard this fan spit beer at one of the Toronto Argos. Yeah, and I think that's what sparked the Argo player to climb up into the mezzanine and. Basically, go after that guy. Was that after the game, or was that before the game, or after the game? I think it was after the game. So I don't. I don't fan, know. I don't know. If that fan, if it was after the game, that fan deserved it. I mean, you got the Toronto's already heated, right? They lost. They're emotional about it. The season's over. 
and then you go ahead and pull that. I mean, you're gonna you're asking for it. You're asking for malice at the palace, but with nobody watching, <laughs> so you can get your ass kicked. You know what I mean? That's just not a smart move on the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, um, fan part. That's for sure. No, and he got. Uh... He got ragdolled a few times there before security <laughs> yeah. came in, and then the uh, the linemen who were you know a little bit slower to get up uh, to that area. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that the guy's lucky that he was already dealt with before those big guys came in because sure. they were, uh, you know, they weren't happy. Yeah, somebody chimed way. in while we were talking here and said Hamilton by a field goal. I I have to uh, I respect that opinion. I have to disagree. I think. I think Winnipeg wins by 14-plus. That's my call. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Winnipeg is just really, really good. Like, they're just – that's a good defensive football team. They got stars all over the field, um, CFL-caliber stars all over the field. Uh, they run the ball. That Harris is like a – he's like a linebacker when he gets the ball off the, the handoff. He's a monster. He's a monster. You wonder so, why a guy like that, when you see him – like, why doesn't he get – more of an opportunity down south for a guy that size. You know what I mean? You're talking, you know, Derrick Henry type size-wise. Yeah, I don't – if you're looking at him, I don't think he's as well-conditioned. I mean, he's, he's big. He's big in many ways. I don't think he has the lateral quicks. Uh, I think he's north-south and, like, find a hole and go. And in the CFL, you got a one-yard running start for the most part. I think it's just a different game. And Running start I mean, did, is probably – Yeah, big... he pulls over guys. But he doesn't really elude guys. He, he doesn't play. He can't play small. All he can do is play big. So I don't know. I I don't think he would. It's a good question. I mean, it's a great question. The work for Bettis works for other big big running backs. I just don't think uh, the NFL's catered towards that little scat back now, where the running back needs to be able to catch the ball. Um, so you don't see too many like just pure runners. So good question. Uh, who are you going for? So if you think Winnipeg's going to win. Are you cheering for Winnipeg? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm, surprisingly, I'm cheering for Winnipeg. I hate Hamilton. I I dislike the Hamilton franchise. Um, really? Because they're like the Pittsburgh I'll, Steelers of the CFL. Well, I mean, just the helmet. That's pretty much where the parallels end. I, uh, I'm no, good. Steel I'm a, Town area, like a hard nose kind of working uh, town. You know, the black and yellow. The uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I get. Yeah, I mean, are you sure? Yeah. Um, I just never caught on to Hamilton. I, the two, my two favorite teams are Toronto or Saskatchewan and Toronto. And, uh, um, they both lost. I was quite disappointed. So I, I don't really care. I'm going to, I'm cheering for Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg will also win, but, uh, if Hamilton wins, I not going to lose an ounce of sleep. I hope I, I hope I stay up long enough to watch any of that, but, uh, we'll see. Well, you New might York be in my house or uh, big Rob's place. Cause there'll be a great cup party somewhere. Um, at Big so Rob's? Did you say at Big at Rob's? my house or Big Rob's house. One of the two. Oh, well, you traditionally, can bank on me being there. Traditionally, it's usually at, at uh, Big Rob's house. You know, a shout-out to uh, Dave Azzi and I think it was Carl and maybe maybe Jules Pilon. <laughs> I could be wrong. Fact-checker Curtis is not doing it. <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, we did a, a chili cooking contest. At the Grey Cup party at Big Rob's one time, Who where won? everybody brought chilies and whatever. Uh, I think Carl actually won. Dave okay. Azzi's had a really high score for taste, but with his Lebanese twist on it, it, it was like kind of brown looking, more so like didn't have enough red in it. And I think okay. like okay. the appearance wise didn't hold up, but taste wise okay. it was right up there. Anyway, 
some very good chilies. I don't know what sparked that debate or that contest, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We should probably look at doing that again sometime. Anyway, yada, yada. The Great Cup parties are usually at at Big Rob's house. So we'll confirm. Anyway, um, I'm going for Hamilton, I think. Uh, Why? No particular reason. Um, I just feel like they're the underdogs. So if I don't have a team, I usually go for the underdogs. They're at home. Um, you know, so all that kind of stuff, I, I wouldn't mind seeing. There's sure. a couple of guys from Ottawa that are playing, right? Uh, Tadelki's a kid from St. Saint, Effects Saint up on yeah. in Riverside South, who uh, my brother-in-law taught for a while. Um, you know, it was Carlton Ravens stuff too. So I think there's that connection. I don't know what Winnipeg, Saskatchewan would have gone for with obviously Simikin and stuff. But anyway, yada, yada. It should be interesting. It's a great cup. It's still... It's still a Canadian tradition and something yeah. that, um, you know, I grew up with. So it, it still excites me. I like the continuity of Winnipeg. That, you know, all their starters are intact. You know, they have the same quarterback all year. Now you've got Jeremiah Holy Mazzoli. He's he's benched. Now they brought Dane Evans in, who looked pretty good against the Argos. But can he do the same thing against Winnipeg's defense? I don't think so. I mean, this is a repeat of the last Great Cup, is it not? The, la- the, the last one that they played a couple of years ago. These were the same two teams, and Winnipeg just mauled them. So, I, I just all the more I reason why I'm going to go for Hamilton then. Yeah, sure. I, I think we're going to see a repeat uh, Great Cup champion. I don't know when the last time that actually happened. If we had our, our fact checker, we could check it out. But he's under the weather. But uh, I, it'll be cool to see back to back. It'll be good. It'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to if we do get together. That, you just reminded me. I'd love to get together with you guys. So let's make it happen, let's Big it. Rob. I'll bring the whiskey, and let's get her going. You bring the chili. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk real quickly NCAA before we get into some of the other stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to, so of course, you know, whatever. NCAA playoffs, the, you know, the top four seeds have been set, you know, yes. with Alabama beating Georgia in a very good Georgia. game. Uh, but Bama came out on top. And, you know, because of that, and Georgia now having lost, both SEC teams are in. You and I talked about what the order would be. It's not going to be Alabama 1, Georgia 4, because then they'd be playing the first round, so you knew it had to be a mix somewhere. So yeah. it's Alabama 1, Michigan 2, mm. Georgia 3, and the Cinderella story is Cincy coming in at number 4. So they were undefeated, um, and they're the outside the the uh, the big conferences. So uh, I know that the, there's going to be a lot of people on their bandwagon. What I'm happy with mm-hmm. is that Notre Dame wasn't in it because they're sitting on the outside, not playing a championship game again. And they're waiting for, they're waiting for Georgia to beat Bama. They're waiting yeah. for Michigan to lose to Iowa, Cincinnati to lose. Um, you know, they're all, they're just waiting for somebody else to screw up so that they can kind of sneak in that back door. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the stuff that irritates me with Notre Dame because they're sitting on championship weekend, which is, one of the tougher ones for anybody in a conference, and then they just get to sit on the sidelines. Anyway, yada, yada, they're not in. What I wanted to kind of real touch, I saw this thing today, and I was just like, it really sparked. Recruiting season is in full effect now. So Florida's got their new guy in Bill Napier who who coached his Louisiana State uh, Raging Cajuns to another Sunbelt Championship. He was a coach of the year. So anyway, so I'm really looking at what his recruiting tactics and stuff are. This article came up and I was like, this is actually going to change the landscape of college football recruiting. <clears throat> a nonprofit organization called Horns with Heart. 
is a nonprofit that was made by Texas Longhorns alumni. They have basically pledged that to a cap of $800,000 a year, they are going to pay every Texas offensive lineman who's on scholarship $50,000 a year while they're in Texas. Wow. So this is, we talk about that um, NIL stuff, you know, make money on your likeness and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, they're doing, um, yeah, so Horns with Heart was formed specifically to create an avenue by which University of Texas student athletes can be empowered to make positive impacts in their communities and charities. There's like a, a thing they're, they're calling the Pancake Factory program will be made starting on august 1st so the pancake obviously refers to offensive linemen and when you drive somebody to the ground it's a pancake block so this yeah. is a pancake factory they're talking about anyway so they they're pledging so now let's just say i'm back in the day where i'm getting recruited texas wasn't one of the schools that was recruiting me but say you know it, it was michigan and you know uh, oklahoma Indiana, those kind of schools that had recruit me, and they say, you know, come take a look. And then I find out that, um, you know, Michigan's got a great program. You know, they won the national championship that first year. It would have been my first year, but Indiana has this alumni association that's going to be paying me fifty grand a year to play there. That sways your vote pretty quick. I would think so because you know, college football, the, the school experience is phenomenal, and really, there's especially the big schools. It, there's they each have a, a unique atmosphere where you're going to get amazing student life, no matter where you are, for the, mo for the most part. I mean, some yep. schools are better than others, but for the most part, you're dealing with tradition, long-time tradition, long, great student life. And you're going to get NFL exposure, no matter what conference you're in. You know, Look at Mean Joe Green. He played in North Texas, for crying out loud. So you're going to get NFL exposure. Now you're dealing with 50K in your pocket? <laughs> No-brainer, if you ask me. It's... This is really sorry. You're 50k or no money at all to play somewhere. What's how? That's what? No, it's it's it's. Wow. There's you know there's Bryce Young who's making over a million dollars now, doing whatever he's doing to get money. So Bunch I don't know if he's crazy. doing I don't know social media videos or, or who's paying him. But now it's like, you know. The organizations, the uh, NCAA is not paying the players. It's not out of their pocket. They're not losing a dime. Mm. What they're allowed with the NIL is that you can go out and make money and do whatever, but it also opens the door for organizations like this that are essentially, these are boosters, mm. right? So the whole like program, you know, the program video ba uh, movie back yeah. in the day, and it was yeah. like, they'd have like those envelopes, stick them in your yeah. pocket and stuff like that after games, oh, and yeah. it was all like whatever. Hey, now it's free reign. There is no issue now with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. passing out thousands of dollars to players yeah. on the field after they win the national championship game. That's yeah. in those rules, I think. So it's not out of the NCAA pocket. They don't care. Hmm. They're like, you guys stay happy game with changer. that. We're still keeping all of our money. We're just letting you guys make money somewhere else. Game changer. But now you got clubs like this that are boosters. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to be surprised, and I actually hope they do because we need to compete, is that there's a, you know, a Gators booster group somewhere that's like, you know what, yeah, yeah we're going to be paying our own line 60 grand a year. You Gators, know what I mean? Like Gators. now you're in those kind of fights. Yeah. Anyway, it's just I needed to bring it up. It's changing the landscape a 1,000%. Oh, sure. um, 
you know, navigating that as a child, as a kid who's going through that, like now it's, I don't know. You know what you talk about when guys are going pro and like all their cousins are around and like everybody's sort of like waiting for that payday. Yeah. That is now going to be starting when you're like 16, 17 years old. Right. Yeah. And um, that's the stuff Crazy. that, you know, can be a slippery slope. So um, something I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on, but I just wanted to bring that up and, and sort of the NCAA put it keeps out there. A close eye on it too. I hope the NCAA doesn't let it get out of hand. I mean, cause that kind of stuff without, if it's not regulated necessarily, I mean, it's probably partially regulated, but if the NCAA lets it go all like just wild West, you know, you know, we got to be careful. I mean, that, that's a slippery slope, you know, and then you start dealing with, uh, yeah, you got booster money. That's, that's all on the up and up and legit and the horns for heart and stuff. And you start getting like the shady characters getting involved with like, Hey, here's a hundred K. If you, if you blow this game, that, that game three or four, I'll give you a hundred K. If you, uh, you make sure you lose that game quarterback. You know what I mean? Like it could get, well, that's again, still happening years down the line, but like if they don't regulate this stuff, this is the kind of stuff that it will eventually infiltrate. The bad stuff will infiltrate that, so. that likely if it was happening, it's still happening. Mm. The only neg or the negative positive, however you want to see it is that the, the mobster who's trying to fix it, <laughs> you know, your $20,000 to a kid who is making nothing looks a lot more appealing. Now, if he's making 50 grand, you're going to have to pay a hundred grand for it. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> this is going to cost me a hundred G's to do this now, as opposed to like, yeah. he was happy with 20. That's so, true. you know, maybe it's just uh, uh, it's money out of their pocket too. Anyway, um, hey, all right, that was my little vent. I'm curious to see where it goes, and uh, I like it. You know, who knows? I just want to see NCAA football <clears throat> on a video game platform come back, real names, real likenesses, real yeah. uh, levels and rankings. Pay the guys what they the money that they deserve for that, but let's get it back on. It's so weird. It's funny you say that too, and I'll we'll, I'll just put an end to this. Uh, Army Navy playing this week, right? Traditional game. It's the same weekend that, um, like this weekend. I know Georgetown is uh, in Syracuse, or Syracuse is in Georgetown for uh, NCAA basketball, which used to be a huge Big East rivalry. It's not so much anymore because they've moved conferences. Um, but the last NCAA game I played, I think it's, I, think I have it here, NCAA 2, 2K8 or whatever, whatever it is for the PlayStation. Yeah. When you go on, if you were to pull up the uh, Georgetown roster from 2008, you can see their likeness. You see the players in the game. They're, it's their exact likeness and their exact number, but they're not getting paid for it. And I think that's just weird, you know, or weren't getting paid for it. Maybe they will now, but it's just the whole thing is bizarre world. Uh, it's unfair. You're, you know, these companies, EA Sports, making money off their likenesses and stuff. It's just totally unfair. It's about time. This Wild Wild West stuff, though, I mean, again, I think we have to watch out for it. It's a slippery slope for sure. Um, Shout out Savina. She's watching. Right on. Uh, I did want to mention, uh, before we, I just quickly mentioned basketball here, uh, Mike Ferrer wanted me to mention this. And I, I know what, I'm, I'm just going to mention it because uh, it was an experience that I'm just very disappointed in. In your, actually, uh, your alma mater, both you, Mike, <laughs> Curtis. And I, I just want to share this experience because I told Mike I'd share it. And, uh, you know, it's funny, but it's not. It was very disappointing. Long story short, last week, last Wednesday, Michael Ferreira, mutual friend of ours, invites myself and Curtis to play in a, I guess it's a charity basketball, like a fundraiser to raise money for the sports teams right. in this particular charity. high school. Charity. Let's keep that in yeah. mind. Pep's yeah. very charitable. Yeah. So 
I know it was co-ed basketball, and I've played a, enough basketball in my lifetime, co-ed, men's, pickup, serious, whatever, to know uh, when things go sideways and when or when things get really uncomfortable during a game. Um, this was co-ed pickup. There was a like mother and their kids playing. It was the, the whole thing was meant to be fun. So we play a game. And it goes well. It's fun, and everyone has a good time. And the score is really irrelevant. And the game stops. And then Mike mentions that there, Mike mentions that there's a second game to play. And I said, Ah, sure, I'll stick around. Sure, we'll play the second game. Second game shows up. There's fewer people, but it's still about fifty-fifty girls, guys, and it's fun. And we're just getting a good run. And you could ask your ask your brother. He probably got a pretty good workout running up and down the court for a couple of hours. And um, and then, but you know, unfortunately, there was a, a particular player. I'm not going to name his name. I'm not going to name where he works. All that good stuff. It's just not relevant. Starts getting a little chippy with uh, with both. Well, actually, not so much myself. Just getting physical with with your brother and with a couple other people. They were losing by eight or ten points, and That's I could see your good. brother wanting to get physical back. And I'm like, oh, this is this is going sideways a little bit. A couple of plays happen. This guy goes to the basket. He gets fouled. He fouls somebody else, and it it's just getting tense. So, me being the sort of the natural leader that I that I tend to be in these situations, for better or worse. I take the ball and I call a timeout. I say, I, and I stop and I say, this is getting a little bit out of, out of hand. Everybody relax. We're here to have fun and raise some money. Let, let's just everybody calm down. And I'm kind of staring at this other guy while I say it, which maybe antagonizes him a little bit. So he kind of looks at me and goes, what? So I said, oh, you, you just look miserable. Like you're, and you're saying stuff underneath your breath. You're going to incite like a, a, a confrontation. I could just tell the way you're acting. Just calm down. Let's have fun. So. It, it calms for one second, and he goes, you know what? I think you are an old man trying to be big shot. <laughs> so I said, How old what? is this kid? Oh, he's not a kid. He was a teacher. He's oh. a teacher. How old would he be if you're the old um, man? I, if I were to, just based on his appearance, maybe 30, 28, okay. 30. So I said, what? <laughs> and then he repeated it, and then I, you, you got to process quick, right? It's like there's a kid here, there's parents here, there's like, there's, you know, what you can't or can't do at this point. Right. So I had a few choice words for him, and then I, um, he didn't really respond. So I said, you know what? F this. I'm out of here. I walked towards my bag, get out of the situation, and uh, grabbed my bag and left. And he was kind of like, oh, just stick around. He was very, like, sort of insincere. Like, I'll apologize if it's going to mean something to you. I'm like, I don't want your apology. Leave me the F alone. I'm out of here. And I, so I go in the hallway. I change in my, from my boots, from my running shoes to my boots to get out. And I'm like 20 feet away from the, the gym. And he comes, he comes out. He's like, Oh, can we just not talk about it? I said, look, man, just leave me alone. Like I, like, are you a four year old? I, this guy's a teacher. And then, anyway, the whole thing was awful. I, I felt kind of bad. I probably should have just stopped and said, Hey, listen, it's fine. Like we all lose our temper, but I just wasn't in the mood for it. I'm like, well, this is, this was supposed to be fun. You just ruined it for me. And uh, and he riled me up, and he riled your brother up, and we, we were like, we're out of here. So just moral of the story is, like, if you're playing pickup, like, know your, know your surroundings. It, it was meant to be fun. Like, it was meant to be fun and raise money. And now I'm not coming back. And the likelihood of me going back to that particular school and donating my money is zero at this point. So, you know what? It just sucked all around. And, uh, and uh, if you are going to organize a fundraiser, whoever was in control of that, I mean, know your participants, know the combustible components, uh, welcome people to the event. Say, hey, thank you for coming out. I mean, you're donating your hard-earned money, your time um, for being out here. Just just a hello. We got there. I didn't even know who was running the thing. You know, we just, here's your team, go play. Okay, sounds good. So it was bound to happen. Anyways, all that to say, 
I apologize if I've upset anybody. We're going to move forward, and I hope that you do raise money in the next couple of weeks. I think they got a couple of other games going on this week or whatever. So. There you go, Mike. I mentioned it to you on All the right. podcast. There you have it. There you go. And uh, whatever, Curtis and I are not are no strangers to getting kicked out of a charity dodgeball <laughs> tournament. But hey, that's a story for another time. Uh, anyway, all uh, right. Really, really, really quick. The Raptors are eleven and thirteen, but they're starting to come together. Seen some nice things with their team, and they're the crazy thing is the, they're only like a two games outside of fourth. So they sit 12th in the Eastern Conference, but Miami's 14 and 11 sitting fourth. So, like, the gap between them and, and uh, four seed, three seed isn't that, isn't that far. So, you know, it's early in the season still, you know, 24 games here. There's still a lot of improvement to happen, but there's a lot of teams like Washington, Cleveland, even, and Philly. They're all kind of bunched in around 500. So, should make for an interesting Eastern Conference. Brock, the Lakers are 12 and 12. And uh, I'm reading a lot of articles about, you know, LeBron James and Father Time's finally catching up. And, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, he's definitely lost a step. He's recovering from some, like, oblique injury, which really sucks in basketball. Um, and he's just, I think he's just overall just a little bit slower. He's put on a muscle, which has slowed him down a bit. Um, it's, it's inevitable. I do think, though, he has one more run in him. I think that he, once he gets his game legs back and plays, like, 20 consecutive games... I think he'll have one more run this year, but I don't like the way their team's constructed. Um, like, do you, th- does father time just happen? Does it just be like suddenly you're great and then tomorrow you're not? Or does injury speed up the process when you get your first really severe injury at 38, 39 years old? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. It happens over time. It's one of those things you don't necessarily know, but you get an injury and that does speed up the process. And I'm just, and you're an older athlete, same as myself. (laughs) Who do you call him? (laughs) You're just an old guy trying to be a big shot. Big shot, yeah. Like, yes, father time started to creep up on me. As soon as that, uh, baseball injury pinched my sciatic and whatever now that that sped up the aging process and the decline of my athletic abilities tenfold Mm. now he's still in a spot where he's going to get physio and get treatment and stuff like that right away where i was already done that didn't have access to you know your free care and or like not your free Mm. care but like hey i can just go to the trainer and get the the best therapy i can find um but those things add up and though and injuries will add up over time and and Mm -hmm. it will speed up the process of of fading out that being said i still do believe like you that he's still got a lot in the tank and i think you know now it's a matter of management um Mm -hmm. throughout long seasons saying you know what my minutes are limited i'm gonna nurse injuries a little bit longer to make sure that i'm over them and not rush back, provided the supporting mm-hmm. cast can kind of keep us afloat. We just need to get to the playoffs. They don't need the number one seed. They don't need all the stuff. They just need to get to the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that's when you can kind of sell out. And I think that's that's mm-hmm. probably along the lines of what he's looking to do. That's a risky. That's a risky strategy. I, I get what you're saying. I, I I'm going to say something really crazy here. If they're 500 at the midway point. If they're 25 and 25 or 20 and 20 by the midway point, they have this, 
basically traded away all their youth. There's nothing in the tank for, in terms of youth. Nothing. If LeBron quits tomorrow, it's over. Like it's, they will not win with an, that old roster. They're they're really really old. Um, he's the key. They all went there to play with him, but they, without him, they're super old. If they're 500 midseason, they might want to consider this. LeBron's st- stock will never be higher. Like this is the. Is the the highest he'll he'll be right now. He's it's only going to go down. Like he's only going to get older, and you need to consider a, a sort of quick rebuild on the fly because you're going to build around uh, Anthony Davis for the next five, six, seven years. LeBron's not playing that much longer. You got to consider at least consider trading him. What you can get back for LeBron? Is he not having no trade clause two years or ago? No chance. But now, I mean, you need to replenish. There's zero in the cupboard, youth wise. Zero. Can they do that though? It, it depends on his contract. If he has a no no trade clause, but I mean, sure they could. Would he go back to Cleveland? That's a good young team there. Well, That's a really it, good young team there. Anybody who is on that trade talk is a team that is contending, so that LeBron would want to go contending and have, you know, a good amount of youth to give back. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Cleveland's hard to play against. They're, that's a fun, young little team. They they got good quick. I mean, that, for him to go back there, he'd be well. But anyway, I'm, I'm talking out of my, out of my you-know-what. There's no way he gets traded. But it's got to be something you think about, kind of like Carey Price. I mean, you got to consider it. You're rebuilding. You got He's your high, He's your best asset. He's the one that can re- bring you the most return. You got to consider it. Yeah, I mean, Wayne Gretzky was traded. You know what I mean? So there's and, and nobody's the, off the won table. A cup. Yeah, I mean they won a lot of cups with him too. But um, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you but know, it's... the return was pretty good, and they and they made it work for a <clears> year. <throat> Anyways, um, just um, that's my NBA talk. Uh, the MLB. Uh, just two seconds on the MLB. I don't even want to give them any any airtime because I'm I'm so ticked off with lockdown again and all this. I'm just sick of it. It seems like every ten years we're dealing with a lockdown or. So, like player unrest with the is three hundred million dollars not enough for you guys? Like I, what the hell are you guys arguing about? Like I don't get it. They have guaranteed money in their contracts. They, it's like it's what what what's happening? MLB, figure it out. But I'm telling you, can they survive if this goes into the season? And God forbid they lose the season. I don't think it'll get to that point. But you don't know. We don't know. They didn't end very well. This they weren't even close on some of the topics. Can they survive another lockdown like 94? Because it took Sammy Sosa and Maguire go doing that home run derby thing in 99 for fans to even give a rat's, you know what? I don't think they can do that now. That's tough. Now, also, if I was to play whether or not this is going to happen, last time they had it, what was going on at that point? The Expos were in first place. The Expos oh. were on the roll to mm. win. I feel like Toronto's right on that same roll right now. Oh, So I feel like, you know, maybe it's going to be another situation where you say, you know what, yeah, we'll just lock out because the, the Jays are doing really well right now and we just don't want that thing to go up in Canada. I feel, really feel like there's a conspiracy there to a point. But wow. uh, anyway, that would be more of the, the, bother, the bothering aspect for me is that it was both Canadian teams that kind of get screwed, but... And you consider, uh, you know, the Rays are going to play 40 games in Montreal. You know, yeah, all that stuff. For, a big transition a that? to anyway. for Canadians, for baseball. Will the league survive? Uh, baseball 
has survived a lot of things. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire was a lot of fun at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, something else will spark some interest. They'll hype something. Um, you know, people, I don't know. It's such a, yeah. a classic, historically strong sport that I think it'd be, it'd take a lot for people to stop really like not supporting America's maybe the salaries down maybe something like that where it's just the revenues aren't quite as up or whatever because you're going to take that hit but i just ultimately i think i think baseball's uh one of those sports that's around for the long haul before we get into uh our final segment of nfl and hopefully we'll have time to play that game again yeah um just quick nfl and nhl take sorry um Ottawa's won three games in a row against three pretty good teams. Uh, that's they got to be optimistic about that. Well, you you look for optimism in anywhere you can find it, and for the Sens, that's as optimistic as you can get. So oh, yeah, I'm beating Jersey uh, is Jersey is a good good hockey team, good young hockey team. So a great game. Flyers fired Alain Vigneault after they got shelled like seven zero and seven one two back to back games. I like him as a coach, actually. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Habs brought him back again. They seem to have a history of bringing back, like, they brought back uh, Claude Julien twice. They brought back um, No Respect Michel Terrier twice. It's Vigneault's turn to come back one more time. I wouldn't be surprised there, but I think Ducharme is uh, they're safe for the rest of the season as they tank. What a mess. Vancouver cleaned house, uh, fired everybody, and they hired Bruce Boudreaux, who one of my favorite coaches in the NHL, and lots of success, too. Great hire. I don't know if you saw the clip of him skating in practice, but he, he I guess his, he hadn't sharpened his skates or whatever, so he couldn't push off, and he's out of shape. He's like, oh, that was really hard. He hasn't coached in a while. Uh, I'm all Bruce Boudreaux, man. Watch Vancouver take off with him as their head coach. He plays a fun style of hockey. A big fan of the double B. I saw that. Uh, is it you that posted that story, or was on something where Boudreaux was – he was talking about in the playoffs, and uh, he lives next door to one of the referees that was pl- calling the game, and he called a penalty, and they ended up losing. So he went yep. and TP'd the guy's house, and he's like, it yeah. wasn't until like a few months later that he went over and apologized, and he's like, he was the only guy that had a pool in the neighborhood, so I had to apologize. That's, that's Boudreaux. Yeah, it's a great story. Um, Habs prioritizing French GM. I'm so sick of it. I mean, just hire the best guy for the job. I get it. You got to speak French in, in Quebec. Well, who's the guy they hired that spoke French and couldn't speak French? Jeff Gordon. Yeah, okay. Um, they're not GM. It's VP or something? VP, yeah. I mean, and he tried to speak French. It was, it was really uh, not not good. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm sick and tired of that narrative. I, I get it, though. I mean, I do understand it because you're – you know, you get the media as French primarily, yeah. so you got to do what you got to do. But they hired Bob Gainey to be a consultant to find the next GM, so we'll see what happens there. Bob Gainey's a good hockey guy. Um, back to Carey Price, uh, rumors of him maybe getting dealt to Edmonton. Does that put Edmonton over the top if they if they were to acquire a guy like him? I mean, it it really removes all excuses you could possibly have. I think true. At that true. point, like there's just nothing. They've beefed up. You know, their defense has been better. Their offense is second to none really with mm-hmm. what's uh, what the uh, abilities are and, and skill sets yeah. they have you throw a guy like Kerry price who single-handedly can steal a series without that kind of stuff in front of him mm-hmm. um there's li- like literally no more excuses at that point and if they yeah. say they do trade for him and and they bust again i think it's 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 a clean the house sort of scenario like everybody yeah yeah 
True. I, I don't know what they can. I mean, I know the Oilers over the years have traded to get veteran guys. I don't know what's left in their cupboard. I know they have some pretty decent guys in the minors that the, the Habs would be interested in. But uh, Montreal's got to start thinking about trading uh, Ben Sherratt and uh, even to Foley. You know, they got to start considering getting a return on these guys while their market's value is still high before they get hurt even. Um, it's time to rebuild the Montreal friends. I hate to break it to you. Anyway, I heard something last night real quick in the hockey world uh, with Tampa Bay and how they've been sort of running their uh, salary cap and everything where like a guy like Kucherov misses the whole season, right? He missed the whole season. Mm. So they saved $8 million or whatever it was on his salary there, bring other guys in to fill that. And then the playoffs, there is no salary cap. So they got him for $8 million in the playoffs. And I guess they did the same kind of thing with Stamkos maybe the year before. Yeah. Anyway, I heard that. It was uh, something I want to look more into. But uh, I'm wondering, yeah, like if teams start doing that, save your uh, superstars for you know the playoffs and pay them then. And anyway, yada, yada. Tampa is the model of, of how you run a hockey team in the last five, six, seven years even. You know, we forget they got out trounced by uh, Columbus first round a couple of years ago, but they could have easily three or four-peated. Like, it's mm -hmm. that's a good, well-run organization. Uh, and they're looking good there, and they're beating the Habs tonight one zip. No surprise there. All right, let's talk. Let's finish with the NFL. That's usually where we pause and we say, okay. we're waiting for Mike. I'll do it. I got it. Please. I remember that uh, Madden 96, when Madden, uh, it, they, I guess Madden and, uh, what's his name, Summerall went over to Fox, and uh, the Madden game for Sega was the lead to the song was was, was that. Oh, yeah. They changed it from whatever generic EA one they were using the years past, and uh, I did that's, I always get shivers, cause the, and actually of all the Madden games, that one was the worst. The guy, the players moved too fast. It was like 96, Sega really screwed up their engine on, on NHL hockey and Madden. And it just made stuff impossible to do, and it was weird. But anyway, sorry, get goosebumps. <laughs> Big games this past weekend. I've got five notables here, and then I've, we can talk about some games happening uh, uh, this weekend coming up. Um, I'm going to start with the, the Pats and Bills. You know, disappointing. I'm so glad you and Kurt didn't go because the weather really ruined this game, and weather in football is the biggest equalizer, right? Uh, in my opinion, it... Uh, it levels the playing field, and if you got a good team that throws the ball better than another team, it just levels everybody out. And we saw that last night, unfortunately, for the Bills. Um, you know, Mac Jones threw uh, three – he attempted three passes. I think he completed two for 19 yards, and they won. You rarely see that from a starting quarterback, but weather had a big part in the game, and uh, – what did you think of that game? I mean, you can't. I'm not a fan of canceling games in football because of weather, unless there's lightning. Um, but what do you what do you think about the elements and and affecting a game of that magnitude? I mean, that's football, right? Like, if this is the playoffs, it's the same thing. If it's a huge snow dump in Buffalo, whatever, you play with the elements. So if you don't want the elements, make a dome, play at home. Play, you know, like Detroit and all those new stadiums that are domes now. Minnesota, well, Minnesota's outside now, I think. Um, but, you know, that's the way you combat the elements if you don't want that to be as part of football. But, you know, historically speaking, you know, Green Bay, Lambeau in the playoffs, you get a lot of snow. Buffalo is a place you don't want to play. There's a lot of snow. Like, 
this is a neutralizing sort of factor, especially when you're talking about speed. So whether it's the offenses that are built, you know, a bit more like the Chiefs and stuff like that, where you want to spread the ball around and you got a lot of speed on the field, you know, you say, how do you neutralize that? Well, you say, you know, you could go to Buffalo, go play that in Buffalo in December or whatever and say, how's that going to turn out? And I mean, Colgate was like that. We would play teams that, that spread the ball around a lot, but if we finished first, they would come to our place. And before they've recently redid everything, we didn't have turf. It was grass, and it would snow, lake effect snow. So there's a lot of snow, and it would just be mud. And I remember games just like <laughs> this much mud. So as, as fast as you think your team is, once you get into that, hey, we're all in the same Mm. playing field at that point and it was an advantage for us because we had practiced in that kind of stuff we had you know done all our drills in it so we're used to it footing wise how to how to um you know make sure we had the right equipment when we're out there Mm. all that kind of stuff plays into it and that's where buffalo should be taking advantage of that as well understanding it. i think this should be if nothing else a huge wake-up call to say hey this is where we're at this is where we're moving forward into uh, the playoff where Weather is affected. New England's going to have the same kind of weather as Buffalo. You need to figure out how to win games when, you know, you can't just do everything that you normally would. You just got to figure out how to win a game. And that's where I think the Bills got a real big wake-up call last night. And that's what Bill Belichick was saying in the postgame. You know, hey, we practice in every – we practice in any kind of weather. If it's snowing, we're out there. If it's raining, we're out there. we got to be prepared for every single – situation every scenario we're not going to make excuses and uh coaches like that coaches when it's raining or when it's bad weather a lot of coaches like that because you can't control when it comes so if you have a practice schedule and you have crappy weather you know as a player you're like i don't want to do this but as a coach you're like look perfect let's get out there we got to suck it up but let's see what we got in this kind of weather and you just can't recreate that kind of stuff that's a great point. And, I, you know, I thought New England uh, played just well enough. But, you know, uh, they ran the ball extremely well. And, uh, you know, Buffalo was in it too. I mean, and there was a post-game uh, interview with uh, Poyer and uh, their other their other uh, safety. And the reporter's like, were you guys embarrassed by your run defense? And the guy was like, I, can't, I think it was Poyer who answered. He's like, we, we held them a couple times. They only scored 14 points. We, You know, what, what are you talking about? And they both got up and... The one guy's like, listen, man, I come out here every day, I answer all your questions every week. I'm polite about it. You guys got to be better. I mean, 10 po- They only scored 14 points, guys. I mean, that was it was 14-10. It could have been anyone's game. You know, uh, Buffalo had their chances at the end, uh, a couple of late drives that didn't come up with points. So, you know, if I'm Buffalo, I got uh, there's a lot to be, uh, you know, optimistic about. I don't think they played a bad game. They, they put themselves in a position to take yeah. the lead. They didn't. They had uh, one 64-yard run there by Damian yeah. Harris that really – you know, it was the, 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 the difference maker in yeah. the game. It was that long run. If they hold yeah. them there, again, they, they yeah, they ran the ball on you. But yeah. not to a point where you couldn't stop. It was that bend but don't break kind of thing. Shut yeah, it yeah. down exactly. when you start getting towards the end zones. And yeah. that's what that's what run defense and defense are. Once the field gets shorter, you're not spreading out those second and third layer guys further. They're, they're closer to the box. So you want to continue yep. to do that. It's going to get harder and bills stop them. So forcing you to try and make those kind of throws, which they didn't even mm-hmm. attempt. So, you know, if you take that one big runaway, Hey, the bills still probably win that game. Yeah. Very true. But that being um, said, the bills had the ball with a few, with a couple minutes left going down yeah. into scoring zone. You yep. need to score there. 
Yep. That's the one clip, the one drive. Where you say, you know what? This right now is going to be our season if we don't figure this out. Yep. Yeah, the Bills didn't do themselves any favors. Now they're sort of back in the pack now with uh, with the likes of like you know the Cincinnati's and the and the Pittsburghs. Dare I say it's crazy. Um, the Chargers beat the Bengals. They went up quick. I think it was like twenty-one to seven, really quick. Um, and the Bengals just couldn't catch up. As uh, Jamar Chase dropped a couple of passes, he dropped three passes right in this bread basket. Oh, the balls are bigger, um, eh, in the NFL than they are in college. Got, I guess so. so I guess yeah. so. Um, but I'm, I'm a, if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm not overly concerned. I am concerned about Joe Burrow's pinky. He dislocated it, and he was like, "Oh, it's just it's tough to look at." The camera closed up on it a couple times. Dislocation is better than breaking. Yeah, he was. He said, "I'm just. It's just a pain threshold thing now. I'm not. Uh, not going to miss any games." But we'll see what happens. It's tough for a, a franchise like Cincinnati coming off a big, you know, rivalry win against Pittsburgh, and you got to you take it on the chin against the Chargers, who uh, barely beat Pittsburgh the week before. So it just goes to show you how close all these teams are. The, the parity in the NFL is just crazy, especially in the AFC. Um, did you watch any of that game? Or uh, enough to turn the channel because of the yellow pants and stuff. I didn't That's like it. it. <laughs> well, um, Chargers looked good. Uh, Eckler fumbled a couple of times, a couple of costly fumbles, but they held on. Um, the Lions beat the Vikings in what I consider to be... Yeah, I don't want to even call it an upset. I actually picked the Lions to come out and break their goose egg this year, this this week, because the Vikings are so inconsistent. And it's it's really a shame because they have all the talent in the world. They have a decent O-line. I like Kirk Cousins. They have uh, uh, manageable wide receivers. Good defense, good secondary. I just don't think their coach really brings out the best in them. I like Mike Zimmer. I think he's a good coordinator. I don't know if he's a good head coach. I think he's lost the team because there's no reason the Vikings should be a 500 team. They should be a 10 and 16. They're dealing with injuries enough. Like their superstar in the backfield is kind of hit or miss. Um, I did yeah. see a meme this week. It was Kirk Cousins on the sidelines, and like when you're when you've thrown, it was like 25 touchdowns and only like four interceptions or something like that. He says, but nobody cares because you're Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> and it was kind of look on the sidelines. Well, like, it's true. Like, nobody gives him any credit whatsoever. His his record's crazy. It's He's got like a 30-1 record when, they, when they're when they up up in the fourth quarter. And he's like 1-28 when they're down in the fourth quarter. So he, can't, he clearly can't, be, can't come back when they're down. Right. That's where his Achilles heel is. It's a crazy stat. Anyway, congratulations to Detroit who uh, – emotional win because of the uh, situation with that Michigan high school the Oxford one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, coach Campbell gave the game ball to, uh, uh, I, I think he gave to the families of some of the victims. Anyway, it was really cool. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the lions. I don't think they're as bad as their record. They've been in a lot of games. So good on them. Um, Steelers over Ravens. I mean, I could, you know, I could talk about this for a whole show, but I'm not gonna, it was just a, a game of pride. Ben Roth, Roethlisberger's washed up. This is offensive line sucks. The defensive is, defense is not what it used to be. Ryan Clark came out and basically said the Steelers suck. Like he, uh, Rocky Blyer, Steelers alumni, Hall of Famer from the, from the seventies, war hero, flat out said Steelers suck. Like all these alumni guys came out in the media and said these Steelers are not like they're not representing the gold and black. And I think guys like Cam Hayward took it to heart and. Uh, Pittsburgh came out and beat the number one seed in the AFC, and uh, good on them. I don't know if they can do it two or three weeks in a row. They got the Vikings uh, in a couple nights on Thursday Night Football. It's a good win. It's a statement win. It's they're six five and one now. They're in the conversation still. You never. What's that Rudy Tomjanovich quote? 
never underestimate the heart of the heart of a champion or I mean that's exactly the Steelers there's enough winning DNA still that for them to make a run at this but you know father times undefeated and Ben has looked not so good most times but uh I have I have faith I have faith it's just, it's all going to depend on that offensive line who played pretty well so all right Lamar Jackson is what's it like He's throwing interceptions like it's going out of style, throwing off his back foot. Is he regressed this year to you? Um, yeah, I'd say some of it. I, it's also – whatever. I can go on about these kind of quarterbacks um, who are athletes and make plays with their legs and then they get told to try and pass more and then they almost go too much pass and not enough legs and then they're kind of mm. – you know what I mean? Like they're they're constantly pulled in different directions. A lot of – they're they're – they're the round peg that the NFL guys are trying to put into a square hole kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we want you to, to use your athleticism. It's good sometimes, but ultimately we want you to learn how to be a pocket passer and, and to make those decisions. And it's just like, I feel like there's just, it's too many things pulling these guys. And that's mm -hmm. you know, my feeling with Josh Allen too, to a point, you know, where it's like that, when is it right? What's the happy medium here? Kind of thing, like figuring yeah. out what your actual career and your playing style is going to be like, mm -hmm. uh, because it keeps it's early in their career and, and they keep flipping from kind of one or the other. So he's going to, you know, have his struggles from throwing because he's trying to make something happen or, or, or find those windows. And then he'll go back to running probably because it'll be a playoff game. And it's instead of me making those mistakes or, or not trusting myself to throw, I'm going to run because I can control that. And then they're yeah. going to say, well, you're running too much. You took too many hits and we're going to work on this. And then you, anyway, mm -hmm. it's, it's a whole, it's a, it's a complex thing for quarterbacks like that. Did anyway. you like the fact that they went for two? Loved it. Me too. One, because I, I didn't want to watch any more of the game. Yeah. I was done with the game Two, I'm like, you're rolling down there. Like, why even prolong it? I feel like the Ravens kind of felt like they were downplaying a little bit too and not playing up to their abilities. And they're like, let's just try and finish it. And the call was pretty good overall. Yeah. It was, oh, you know. Bad throw, but it was right there. And uh, Coach Harbaugh said it's because, you know, we had we were down to nobody, no DBs. Mar Marlon Humphrey's out for the year. The other guy yeah. on the other side was out for the game. So he had, we had nobody. We were, had a, our backup safety playing cornerback. And we had a linebacker that was going to play the other cornerback. So he's like, we could chance this, but I, I don't like our odds. So yeah. um, I like it. Um, I, we're, we're reaching the end. I did yeah. want to – I'm not even going to – Chiefs and Broncos were the other game, but Broncos, man, you had a chance to it. play for first, 22 to 9. You didn't even show up. Just awful. Uh, games coming up this week. Uh, quick take, Brock. What do you, who do you got? Pitt at Vikings. Thursday nighter. Uh, I'll take the Vikings. No. Uh, they're at home. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Cowboys at Washington, eight and four versus six and six. Can you believe six and six? Who do yep. you got? I like Washington. At, in Washington, it's gonna be a big game. Ravens at Browns. We got eight and four versus six and six again. I'll take uh, with Ooh. you know what. Browns coming off a bye. Yeah, I'll do the Browns. The Browns are probably healthier. Yep. Niners at Bengals. I know this isn't super sexy, but we got six and six versus seven and five, and Niners still playing for something here. Uh, I'll take the Bengals bounce back at home. Yeah, Bills at Bucks. Very interesting game. Very interesting game. Phil Homewood will be at that game. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Who do you got? Uh, the Bucks. The Bucks. I'm the going Bucks are Bills. pretty hot right now. There, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
don't know. Buffalo that's tough. play well in these warm weather places. They come they out do. and just like light it up. So. <laughs> you know what? And that's also going to be a detriment to them because they're going to have a, a crappy game at home in bad weather, and then they're going to go to Tampa where it's beautiful. They're going to light it up, yeah. maybe win, and say, you know what? We're back. We, we just keep doing what we're doing. They say, well, no, yeah. you need to adjust. This is not the mm-hmm. – the, anyway, I feel like it's going to hurt them more than anything if they, uh, they do come out and win. Last game, Rams at Cardinals. That's going to be a good mm, I guess football the game. It is the Monday Nighter. Mm. Uh, man, the cards look good with Kyler Murray. Um, you know who's playing well for the cards? James Hop- Conner. Oh, he's playing amazing for the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take the cards. Yeah, I got the cards in that too. I have no faith at all in the Los Angeles football Rams. I still have them up on my power rankings, but yeah, not enough. Well, there you have it. That's all I. That's all I got for you, bud. Well, it's eight o'clock. Should we just wrap it up? Let's wrap her up. Yeah, let's wrap her up. All right. Next week we'll do the uh, the picking of the teams. I like it. Now that I figured out how to do the screen shares and stuff like that, so we can bring out the uh, the wheel spinny thing. Does, does Montreal score a goal tonight on Tampa? It's one nothing in the start of the second year for Tampa. Montreal score a goal. Uh, Get your coffee. I'll say no. I say they get goose egg tonight myself, too. So uh, we'll right. buy ourselves a cup. We'll buy ourselves All right. a cup. Anyway. All right. On that note, uh, I got it ready. I got uh, another goaltending thing tonight. I got called out last night. Called up. Called out. Called up to some league game I'm going to play again tonight. Try to figure it out. You're anyway. playing in goalie? Yeah. Not a boy. Talk it. to my knees. Anyway. Okay. We're going out to Eve. Who's that girl? Everybody, stay safe. Tell your loved ones that you love them. And uh, reach out to an old teammate here and there. I tell you. I like it. It's good stuff. I like it. Cheers. Shout out to the wheel deal. I'll be going there this week. Get my wheels put on. Yeah. My boy Hash. That's right. Get your winter tires put on. Best in the biz, baby.